You are listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 2007 Frankfurt Avenue. For more information, visit us at circleofhope.church. Like, uh, I think it's easy to, um, it's easy to feel like we should already know, we should 
have like this, we actually already have this knowledge. Um, but honestly, like a lot of the things that we say we believe, I find hard to believe. Like when we talk even about like the existence of God, or or even like more like specific things, like when you read the Gospels and you see Jesus like performing miracles, or we have these you know stories of like the virgin birth or the resurrection. Um, I don't know, honestly, like I, I'm like they don't like. It's hard for me to believe. Them. Like I, that's sort of that's. I think that's just kind of you know, honesty about like kind of who I am and what I'm coming to this with. So, um, and I feel like sometimes we think that we ought to, um, especially like if you go to church, especially if you're giving a sermon in that church. <laughs> uh, but I think it's really, I think really, what's unfortunate is that we really like identified faith with belief or like having an intellectual like assent to like a set of doctrines. Which is for me how I, when I became a Christian when I was in high school, I, became, I joined an evangelical church, and that's basically like what I was taught was like faith was like this one time decision that you make in your life um, to believe in God or not, and to believe like the basic doctrines concerning Jesus' death and what it means. Um, and I think that's a part of it. Like we read, it talks about understanding, like in the in the text, but it also uses other language. It talks about faith as being, it talks about hope and like having this assurance of hope and this um, sense of like living into a promise or like heading somewhere, going somewhere. It talks even about conviction, which to me is like, I love that word. I mean, it's like so, just such a, it's so much deeper than belief. Like conviction is like a heart, it's like a, it's like a gut thing. Like you're convicted of something, like um, it just like, it, 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 it um, it's like you're, you're held captive by it. Um, so, and I, um, you know, there's obedience and trust. It talks about Abraham, kind of his, his, his life story. Uh, so there's all these, I think, dimensions of the heart and, like, who we are as whole persons that we need to, like, I don't know, just make room for. And I think expand our idea of faith to include those other ways we have of relating to the world and to ourselves. So I think... We do a lot of good to expand our ideas of like what faith is beyond just the kind of idea of belief. Because beliefs, I don't know, they come and go. It kind of depends on my mood for the day or something, or like how I'm feeling. You know, like warm sunny days, it's easier for me to believe in God. Uh, today, like that, like today was a warm sunny day, but it was like also really hot and humid. So just like you know, it's um, all those factors I think kind of are play it. And I and I think this is the thing that I really want to be thinking about as I was reading this verse was how much. It's possible to have ideas about God, and maybe even like the quote-unquote right ideas about God, if there is a such thing as right ideas about God. We can definitely talk about that too. Um, but to never really like let those things move beyond just the level of sort of like intellectual understanding to um, kind of a place where we actually like grapple with like what they mean or like how they might move us, um, or how uh, how they might. Um, I don't know, inform the way we live or even touch like the parts of our touch parts of our lives. Um, I think about it as like we can hold convictions but never feel convicted by our convictions. Um, you know, we might be for doing you know, doing theology sometimes might be a matter of like, you know, so I imagine like a lawyer like filling out a brief, not realizing that he's like the one that's like named in the brief, you know. He's the one that's being accused or being kind of um, discussed. <laughs> Um, and it's not that theology is good or bad. I think theology is really good. Um, I think it's just that only having ideas uh, limits us. You know, as humans, we don't we don't live only on ideas. 
we're people, and if faith is not personal or relevant, then it can be just repetition. So if God is only ever an idea, I think God remains abstract, and therefore, in some ways, going to remain obtuse to us. Um, we can have an opinion on whether God exists, but opinions, like I said, they come and go, like the weather up the mountain. And one way I've discovered this is through playing music. Um, so I took classical piano lessons when I was a child. Scott, do you want to bring up the picture? No. That's me. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, let's see. A couple things to point out. Um, there's, you know, you can see like a little mullet in the back. This is like the lady, so I have a little rat tail mullet, which is good. Um, but uh, yeah, so and so thanks to these piano lessons, um, I'm more or less fluent in the language of reading music. Reading music, and really, like piano was like our church. Like we didn't grow up going to church, but we had piano lessons instead. Uh, they were on Sunday morning, and we hated them. So I guess that means it means they qualify as church. <laughs> but I mean. It, it, and more than that, I mean, my brother and I used to like hide, hoping my dad would like forget about them. But we had no idea what time it was. So it was like, we had no idea what time catalogs were, or like what time it was currently. We had this idea that we like waited it out long enough that he would forget about it. Uh, so that actually never worked. Um, but um, yeah, so the, it, but it was a pretty, I mean, it was, it was a very like uh, serious thing that we did as a family. Like it was like a whole kind of life. It, uh, Endeavor. Um, so I thought it was a joke. I was like, look at this picture. I was like, oh, this is kind of like the first communion photo. This is probably might be like before like a recital or something. We had lots of those. Um, and like you can see like the trophy case or metal case in the background, which we got for like competitions and things like that. My sister got the medals and things for competitions. I, I, she basically always had the most of the real estate in the like trophy case. <laughs> more her style. Um, so, um, yeah, we like memorized composers and dates of their dates of birth and death, and like listened to classical music and went to classical music concerts. Um, and I actually learned, you know, as an adult, I learned that my parents really did intend it to be like a spirituality class. Like they wanted, they, my mom comes from a Jewish background, but I think she had a lot of complications around like her upbringing in Judaism, and so it was hard for her to like um, bring us into that. But she still wanted us to have something that would like give us a kind of like something that would speak to our hearts uh, in a way. And so that's, you know, learning about that as an adult and meaningful, that we had this thing that, yeah, we really, you know, did, and it really was kind of had that kind of like all-encompassing like kind of pattern. But all-encompassing kind of like lifestyle, like 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 a church or spirituality. But, um, right, so as a child, I learned how to read music. Um, and as I got older, I started to learn how to play songs, like Wes was doing, like well, chord sheets, uh, improvised based on chords. So Scott, if you want to the next slide, just like an example of like, I don't know, different styles of playing music. Like on the left, like that's a from Mozart sonata, and like just, you know, on the right, that's a jazz tune, um, Jimmy Smith. Um, but what's interesting, what I found interesting, interesting is that like these styles of playing music are very different. For me, like they are not connected at all in my head. Like on the left, like playing music off of um, like reading sheet music is really just about like I can read that, I can translate the symbols to like motions of my body, like I know how to strike the notes. But I it would have, I have to like look at it and really try to understand like what the notes are. Like, I, and I know what the key is because of the key signature, but while I'm playing it, I don't really know what I'm playing. Um, but when I started learning to improvise, that was all about like this whole different, very different way of like approaching music. Because it was about like listening and being in the music. 
uh, and um, having a sense of like the chords and the chord structure, so I know like what chords I'm playing and like kind of how the music kind of like sits with 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 those chord structures. Um, so two very different ways of approaching like two two different ways of approaching music, two different kinds of knowledge. Um, and I, I feel like I'm setting up this metaphor that I would love, but I'm kind of comparing like this sort of like rote repetition style of learning to play classical music with like an overly intellectual approach to faith, uh, which I think, which for the purpose of the metaphor, like I, I, I don't want to like denigrate classical music at all, but um, I think the two like, and I think the two like can inform one another. Um, I think it's really just what I like, yeah, to pay attention to the way that like we can we can know something, but it's different to experience it, or it's different to like when you improvise. Um, your your um, um, you're 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 losing more of a sense of discovery of what the music is, um, and um, you know I think I think there are, and there are orthodoxies in music just like there are in theology. Um, like there are definitely like in the classical world, like there is some idea that there was like a style of music that represents music, and that's what we should be playing, especially 17th, 19th century European music. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, and I think for me, and in in in, in the, the sh for me that shift in music playing music is um, a way that I've been able to like have a different under, a different way of approaching something um, that I think is like for me like a helpful when I think about faith because for me I think it's been very much safer personally to stay like only in the intellectual. Um, for me it's like in, in my faith journey it's been hard to let go of what I think the right answers are or even to let go of the idea like that there are right answers that I need to find. So it's been hard to like I think it's something I've been learning over my life is how to like trust my ear, how to like follow my intuition. Um, which is scary because you don't know where it's going to lead you necessarily. Um, it can lead you into like some very shaky ground where you're not sure like which way is up and which way is down. Um, I went to a seminary uh, and that certainly, if you don't believe that people can have ideas about God without grappling with the meaning, I think going to seminary would be a way to like that. That would definitely, like, I think, uh, dis dis disabuse you of that notion. I think it definitely feeds the head. And family, um, you really need to do a lot of work to, to like, find, you know, connect it with the heart and with what what's um, what matters or what's relevant or what's uh, what's meaningful. Um, I think that's you know, and, and I, like many seminarians, had a lot of had a hard time with that. In fact. When I graduated from seminary, I left the church altogether. Mm. I like, just like a great time, right? Here's an end dude, okay, it's done. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I actually remember the point it happened. I was, and it wasn't like a very like, I feel like I tell the story sometimes and like people are surprised by how anticlimactic it is. Because it was really just like the straw that broke the camel's back kind of thing. I was just, I think that was like, even like, I think it was like commencement, it was like graduation. And, Someone was reading a Bible and they were just like they mentioned something in the gospel, like a miracle, and I was just like, I just don't believe that. Like I just don't believe that happened. And I think at the moment I remember thinking like I'm just like tired of like wearing clothes that feel like they don't fit me. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I needed to give myself permission to leave. And in a way, it felt 
In a strange way, I felt worshipful to do that. Like it felt like I was giving God the dignity of like trusting that He could be found if I sought Him like with authenticity, rather than just sort of like playing out the same kind of motions. Um, I didn't, and I think it was. Um, and I didn't intend to like rejoin the church. Um, it was really just a matter of like leaving to rediscover who I was and like what I believed. And I think giving myself permission to like to do that, to like um, let go of this thing that had formed me and really formed a part, strong part, large part of my identity. Um, and um, it wasn't easy. It was really, I remember it was a really hard time in my life. Like it was, in some way it was like a time of a lot of contrast. Like in some ways like I, I was, I was feeling liberated. I was feeling free to like read books that I hadn't read before or, like, or just like explore ideas and um, just experience. Even I never really maybe the important thing was really just experiencing myself being kind of in that state of like not being connected to some like body of thought that I like kind of carried me or something. It gave me sort of like, all right, like <laughs> you're on your own in the way. And, but I did feel alone. I felt, uh, I also felt very, um, uh, rudderless. Um, like I had for a long time always knew where I fit kind of in the universe and now it felt like I didn't. So it was, uh, you know, it was like a mixed bag. But I think, um, but, and then over the years, and this is kind of, you know, time to go into the whole story, but eventually found my way back into faith. But I did, and I went, what I did, it was through um, very different, like, lens. I was reading, you know, people who were, who were writing from a more contemplative kind of perspective. Um, so I sort of like, I think I had, I had seen the, the intellectual approach to faith, I had kind of like seen its limits and was open and receptive to a way of uh, understanding faith that I think struck a chord with kind of the kinds of questions I was asking myself about how to live in the world in an authentic way even. Um, I think without, you know, authenticity, without sincerity, our faith can very easily become something dry or dead or divorced from the meaty realities of life. Um, Scott, I think you can jump forward too. I didn't really go into this slide, next slide, but you want to jump forward two slides. But if you want to go back, actually, if people are interested in like I did music theory and how we sort of like identify orthodoxies in music, it's a good paper to read. Music theory and the white racial frame. If you want to read, watch a YouTube video discussing that music theory and white supremacy by Emily, it's really good. But uh, yeah, go ahead, Scott. Yeah. Um, what I I think what I've learned is that how we believe is more important than what we believe. Um, being right without being authentic, I think, it isn't worth much. But if you are authentic, if you are used to being honest um, and sincere and candid, then I think that awakens the parts of parts of us that like are seeking, that are like trying to find understanding, that are looking for truth in the ways that it can be found. Um, you know, it's like the difference in some ways maybe between like knowing a classification of plants and encountering them, like finding plants as they live in your environment, you know, as you, as you see them, even in the city, you know, um, allowing yourself to follow your understanding of the way that it leads you. Um, but that's not, that's not comfortable, like, I don't think. Um, especially when, and especially when we're thinking, you know, it's, 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 um, uh, 
feels as big and as important as, as faith and as religion. So I want to give you that encouragement and just recognize the fact that, that, that it's, not, it's not comfortable. Um, I think I and maybe, maybe you, maybe many other people avoid being in that, that place of um, letting ourselves discover, kind of letting go of what we are used to and finding in order to find something new. Um, I think it's more like Bible times hold on to certainty, um, even if it costs us something. Like it feels better to be certain. I think in some way we identify ourselves with our beliefs, and so when our beliefs are challenged or we don't know if we have enough evidence to support them, it can feel like some part of ourselves um, is being questioned, questioned as well. Um, which is interesting because then you know it seems like certainty and faith can even be at odds with one another. Um, it's when you when you when you when you don't know who you are, who God is, that's that's really the, the soil that faith kind of emerges in, that place of seeking and, and trying to understand and looking. Um, but if we cling to our beliefs because we don't know who we would be without them, we might actually stop faith from taking root in the soil of our lives. We might we might stop the very learning process that we need to engage um, in for our growth and transformation. Um, we might never risk loss for the sake of a better country. Um, and as I was writing this, I was like, am I encouraging people to leave the church? <laughs> I was like, this is, uh, that's what happens when you like people to speak. <laughs> uh, and, you know, as I, for me, and I, you know, I, think, I, think, I think everyone's different. Everyone kind of works through these things in their own way. Like, I think, I think some form of leaving is important, but I don't think necessarily always means that we need to like leave our, like we always need to like do something as dramatic as like quit what we're doing, or like, you know, and your experience may speak to you and I'd be interested to hear kind of what, what you've learned about this. Um, like knowing when it's time to, to leave and when it's time to like look for something deeper where you are. You know, I think for me, I, you know, and I, and I this is something I've learned through counsel from other people because I've, as I've continued to have, to, to struggle with questions of faith and like, why am I, like, I don't even, like, it's hard, like, I don't know who God is, I don't recognize God, like, I don't, I don't, like, see evidence inside me of, like, that place of, like, oh, yes, that registers, like, that's God or something. Um, I've, the, kind of the, the counsel I've gotten is that, um, like, in my life, I needed to leave at certain times just to know that I could. To like, to kind of, like I said, kind of give myself that permission or, or like um, know that I had the capability or the option to do that. Because I'm sort of a, I think I'm a, I'm a joiner and I'm a stayer <laughs> by, by default. Um, and I can see now how like doing that at that time made it easier for me to like entertain the paradox of faith and doubt as these two forces that kind of like ebb and flow and, you know, are, are going, are you know sometimes like I think we're, we go through those go through periods of, of, of doubt and despair, and other times we do feel like the presence of God with us. Also, don't really feel like it's bad to you know feel like you really do know you really do see God and really do like trust trust feel like you can trust God. Um, but um, so in conclusion, I um, just want to give you one very, not very practical suggestion. I'm not very good at like the practical, sort of like, okay, next step. Um, but I think, um, let, 
whatever you do and how let 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 whatever you do and how you do it cultivate cultivate love along with you know understanding um, even in your theology. Like I think theology can, can bring can 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 form the love of God in us. Um, you know, classical music, like I said, I'm sure, yes, it can be, ro- can be repetitious. It can, like, it can, like, um, um, perpetuate certain ideas of, like, white, whiteness. Um, but I think it can still teach us to love music. Um, and I think that's, like, for me, my, from growing up, like, that's the gift I think that it, it, it gave me, the capacity to, to love something and to, to, to find love in it. Um, like, there are so many ways to love music. Um, like you can learn about you can learn about music theory, you can learn about the physics of music, you can learn to compose, you can study the lives of composers. Um, there are all ways to learn about music. Likewise, I think with God, like, the love of, um, if, if the point of theology and the point of our ideas leads us to the love of God, I think, you know, a couple things happen. Like, first, our theology might go beyond just rehearsal of ideas. We can gain you know, like a greater gravitas, because it's pointing to something that's richer, riskier than itself. Um, but theological study can also be set aside other activities and ways of knowing that can form the love of God in us. Since God is the creator of all things, I think almost any activity that we undertake with eagerness and reverence can reveal something of the love of God within us and to us. Um, you know, the conceptual path is a path, but it's not the only one. Um, and I think that Finding the path that is for us, I think, is is part of the work of, of the life of faith, um, of, of, of how we kind of bring our own style. And we, you know, whenever, so you, whenever somebody improvises, whenever you have a jam session, something new is being developed. It's like the tradition is being elaborated in some way. And I think the same is true in our lives. Like, we're rediscovering in our own lives, like, the, the, the truth of our faith is being reborn again. Like this, and even in, in, you know, in our church as well. Like this, we are in some ways the same place that you know, the church was 2,000 years ago, celebrating communion for the first time. Um, I think um, you know, God is always looking for, for ways that to, to always looking for ways to um, expand the breadth and depth and beauty of the church. Um, let that be enough. Let's take a few, um, I want to take just maybe 30 seconds and give you time to be quiet. Maybe the Holy Spirit is saying something to you. We'll give you time to pay attention to that. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected, visit circleofhope.church. You can also find us on Instagram or Facebook at circleofhopenet.com.